0: It truly is an honor to be here with you today. I am very grateful for the presence of God in this place. I'm grateful for the presence of God among you. I am very grateful for the way you worship him. Another thing is I am grateful for this place. I believe we met many years ago, 10, 11 actually, possibly, And I recall seeing a van, moving van. And I remember saying, you're going to have your own place. So congratulations to the people of God who have supported (laughs) the visionary, the man of God. I am very grateful to see the work of God. Truly, this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our sight. I have much to say. God is constantly showing his love over us. And today, as, as we were worshiping, I saw you in the spirit. And I saw you all dressed in these red robes. I know some of you are wearing maroon, but this was red. And I said, Lord, they're all wearing the same uniform. You know, you have to put the two and two together. I get um, lost in him. Do you know one glimpse of his glory and we're undone? So I asked, Lord, why are they wearing red? And he said, It is my love, it is my protection, and it is my glory. Do you know? We all know the red typifies the blood of Jesus. So no matter where you are, you are fully protected. You are surrounded by love. You are surrounded with favor as a shield. He just wanted me to tell you that he loves you. It's so hard for the human mind to comprehend the love of God. Because if he was to come down for nobody else but you, he would do it all over again. And it's the same thing for us. So let us never take for granted the privilege to come to the house of the Lord. And to be always able to worship him. God has amazing plans for you as a church, as a body, has amazing plans for the city. And I thank God for Apostle Victor. I know that he's been working very diligently. As I sat there, I clearly heard the Lord say, there is a very strong teaching, anointing, that resides in this house, do not, do not take it for granted. What the Lord said to me is, I am building them up. I am filling them up, for I will send them out. I know that you have been faithful planting churches, but I have to say that the job is not done. There are many other churches, and I see you as a mother eagle. Maybe I should say the father eagle (laughs) so that you don't get offended. And I see you releasing teaching, foundation, training into the people of God. And there is coming such a move. Of the spirit of God upon the church in this next year and in the years to come. That those who are thirsty, that those who are hungry, that those that would believe the words that God has spoken to you in private will make themselves available, and they will be there when it's come for training, when it's time for prayer, when it's time, because in those times, God is going to fill you up. He is going to be molding you. He is going to be preparing you, because the greatest revival, as well as is going to take place in the church, I am 100% sure that it will be outside the walls of the church, and that's why God is getting so ready to fill you up, to build you up, just as he has promise because you will be the vessels that God is going to use to bring about revival in your neighborhood in your workplace let your glory come and let your will be done in our lives God as it is in heaven I believe that God has business with you and for you how much time do I have it's twelve fifteen when service is over one, amen, amen. Just wanna. There's no service, and we don't have to be out because we. Isn't that so good to have a home? Isn't it so good to have a home? Amen. Hmm. I was asking the Lord, why would you, why would you have, for your people? What do you want me to speak about? I preached, I taught, and set so many churches thousands of messages, and it's so much easier to pull something from the drawer and say, here it is. But I believe that God has a bread and a seed for you people. I don't believe in old messages. So I'm always seeking God. It's a lot of work because it's a lot of places. You have to ask God, what do you have for this group of people? Because I realize that your needs, that your destiny above all things, your needs might be one. He knows them. And your destiny is the thing that God is after. Yeah. What is the most valuable thing? Is that we would recognize our identity. And that we would know what our destiny is. Many people in the church are just going around in circles, not knowing where they're going but we're not that kind of people. We're a people who have our eyes fixed on Jesus. He's told us the end from the beginning, and we apply ourselves to the scriptures so that we know where to go, what to do, what to say in season and in out of season. You're loved and you're highly favored. 2017 is going to be a very good year for you. 2017, you're going to see the favor of God. 2017, you're going to see, just as the the man of God said, everything that the canker worm, the locust has eaten. When the thief is found out, he has to pay back. With increase. With increase. And let me tell you, God is not going to bring you back the same old $20 that you lost at the grocery store. You have to be prepared to receive. He said to me, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. He said to me, don't tell them not to eat their seed. Do you realize that God gives us abundantly and generously? But because he can trust us, he gives us all. And there is a seed, there's a certain amount that we ought to bring to the storehouse, this house. Some is, that's a seed, that's for us to plant. You, your offering is a seed. You bring the seed, the tithe, by law, it's not yours, that's God's. You bring your seed, you sow it in good soil, and watch God. Watch God. Have this impression. That God is going to bring increase to your bank accounts. Jesus. You just watch him. you just watch him, because some of you have summed diligently, some of you have been bear, have had integrity in the finances before the Lord. and he watch him. watch him, watch him add to the bank account. where you least expected, He is going to bring it, and you will be a testimony. Of the faithfulness of God. Because God is faithful. Your labor of love has not been unnoticed. He watches. He sees everything. and he's going to reward you. Only two people said hallelujah, amen. Amen. They will receive it. Now listen, I'm going to read the scripture for you. If you brought your Bibles, open them up. Back in, the d- back in the day, we would say, open your Bibles. Now we say, turn on your Bibles, because everything is electronic. Amen. Joshua 6.11, and the word of the Lord goes like this. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah. Not Oprah Winfrey, but in Oprah, <laughs> which belonged to Josh, the side, while his son Gideon, Tresh wheat, and the wine praise, in order to hide it from the Midianites. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has this all happened to us? And where are his miracles, which our father told us about saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? And then my clan is weak in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, Now, if I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who is with me. Do not depart from here until I come to you and bring you an offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat, unleavened bread, and an ephod of flour. The meat he put in a basket and put the broth in a, pad, in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terabith tree and presented them. And the angel said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay it on, on the rock and pour out the broth. Take the meat and the bread and lay them on this rock. And then the angel put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And the fire rose out of the rock, consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed in sight. And Gibeon perceived that there was an angel of the Lord. So he said, Alas, O Lord, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. To this day, still there. We see Gideon. The name, the Hebrew name is warrior. At that moment, he was in the wine press. And he, to our eyes, He did not look like a mighty man of valor, as the angel called him. See, God has the tendency to call those things that are not as though they were. There is a purpose for your life and a destiny, as I mentioned before. And one of the things that the body of Christ has to come to the realization is, The identity, who we are, and I'm not speaking about a pastor, uh, uh, an apostle, a prophet, teacher. Those are amazing functions. But the greatest thing for us is that we would come to realize that we are children of God. Sons and daughters of the most high God. And that with our identity, our identity would become that as sons and daughters of God, as heirs with Christ with full authority to represent the Father on this earth that we would not vacillate from, oh, maybe so. He was in a time of fear where the enemy was coming to take the grain and he was hiding it sort of like our times. People are so afraid. There is a spirit of fear that is prevalent now, even now more than ever with the transition of the the presidential uh, transition that we're going through. It's as though the motives of our heart have been uncovered. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. Where is your faith? There's many people who fear of the things that are to come, because they say, "Well, he's never had experience. What does he know about politics? And we could go on and on and on. But us the church, the ones who have been given all authority, should have a different mindset. In California, there are so many churches. There are divided homes, divided between the Democrats, the Republicans, and as the Church, we have been given a right, and that is to release heaven here on earth. Our primary responsibility is to be representatives of God, and to release all that He has to our neighbors to our co-workers, wherever we go, release it. Our hope is not in man, not a woman, not in the president or the politician. I believe that there are great changes that will take place. But I believe that it will be the church, the redeemed of God, that will bring about that change. I am looking at you now. And I see what God sees. The agents of change. I feel like we as the church have been the greatest treasure that could ever be released on earth besides Jesus. Jesus came, did what he needed to do on that cross, gladly did it for you and for me. Everything that is within the hand of Jesus that is within the reach of Jesus has been given to you and me. Amen. No less, no more. Everything that Jesus did is available for us to do. Greater things than this you shall do. For I go to the Father and I will leave you to confer the one that will lead you to all truth. We are the greatest treasure that has been hidden up until now but let me tell you something i have great news for you the great news is that god is about to unveil you see you have been in a time of preparation you have been in a time of consecration Some of you might say, you don't even know where I've been. You don't know my financial situation. I heard it. God knows. And if there has not been enough in the pocketbook, it's because God has been preparing you. It's because God has seen your obedience. It's because God is getting ready to shift and turn things around. In your life, Gideon was hiding. He was not a man of valor, but the angel visited him. And we can go on about the various visitations that throughout the Bible men and women had had. The angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and said, Greetings, O highly favored one. Blessed are you among women. And I bet you she turned around and she said, are you talking to me? I wonder if there's someone behind me. Because God is always speaking greatness into our lives. When are we going to line up with the plans of God? When are we going to say this, does me, highly favored? There is coming a shifting of the people of God. And we better get ready and we better line up with his plans. Because he's gonna come upon us. He's gonna surprise us. Words that will flow out of your mouth that are going to surprise you, people of God. He has, he's no respect, respecter of persons. And when, what he has done for others he's going to do for you. He was hiding out. And he said, well, Lord, if if you're with us, then why are we going through this? You're the God of our fathers. And he began to tell them, tell the angel about his parents' experience. And that is a wonderful thing to have a testimony of your godly parents, spiritual parents. But God was interested in giving him his own personal experience. We have seen, and as a church, we've heard and we've seen with our very eyes the greatness of God. God. But God is not interested in us just hearing by somebody else's experience. He wants to give us face-to-face encounters. Face-to-face encounters. That we would walk out of those encounters with a new identity and treasures to be released to the people around us. Let me tell you something. There is coming an awakening to the church. He's promised it. He's promised it. He's promised it. We've been hearing it for years. And the ones that are ready are going to be the first ones to take the spoils. There is coming a visitation of God to his church where he's going to visit us glory, with presence, with power, with a full manifestation of who God is. And we better get ready to receive him as king. We better get ready to receive him, not with our intellect, but to bow down to him and say, have it your way, King Jesus. Have it your way. I was so glad, so, so glad to hear you worship the way you do. Just to give yourselves and worship. Because worship is an invitation for God to come down. It's an invitation for the presence of God to dwell among us. And there's coming a day where Holy Spirit is going to come upon us with power. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to start in your homes. It's going to start with you taking time to be with him. The awakening will happen. You're going to see the manifestation of it here. But God is no longer happy for us to just gather and have services. Do you realize that he has so much for you, so much that he wants to give you? And he wants to do it in the privacy of your very own home. He is looking to transform families, familias enteras, Get ready to be rocked because God is going to start restoring families as we have never seen him do before. The prodigals are coming home. You know, as mothers, we cry out so much when our children are out there. I always say they're not, they're not out there for a reason just because they're working on their testimony. And let me tell you, in the days to come, we're going to see generations, multi-generational revival. We're going to see homes restored. And I'm seeing you in your homes with the restoration of the family altar. Because the devil has been busy creating division in the home. The devil has been busy trying to separate the family unit. Jesus came to restore all things that have been lost. And God is going to restore the families. God promises That he will restore your family. He will restore the unity in your family. And I see in this spirit, families, entire families, worshiping, worshiping back to the family altar. Do you realize that 2017 is going to be marked by restoration, restoration of the family unit, restoration of the altar and the family? You don't see that anymore. I've been around for some time. But God, he says he will restore it and he will do it. He says he's going to come and he is going to encounter you as you read the Bible. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is being released now so that when you read you will understand in more ways than one because God is going to raise you up in such a way That you will become Jesus at work. You're going to become Jesus to the people in your neighborhood. Let me tell you, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That should not be a threat for us. That should be welcome. Changes are good. Changes are good. And changes are coming not only to the nation, coming to America, coming to your home, to go home near you. Changes are coming. Do you know why they're coming? Because we have been complacent. Ouch, why did you have to invite the prophet? Yikes. I have to tell it like it is. We have been complacent. It's so wonderful to come and to be in the fellowship of believers. It's so wonderful to be here in the midst of the praises. I, I tell you, if I lived here, I would make this my home church. The worship team stole my heart, especially the guy that was out there with the, with the, the, the guitar. Just rivers of living water, rivers of living water, pouring himself out to the audience of one. Well done, well done, well done. If you're not doing it unto man, you're doing it as unto God. Yes. Now you lift him up, he's gonna lift all others unto him. Yes. It's comfortable, you understand? But God has the eagle, and we're his eaglets. You realize that I'm not going by my notes. So you allow God to speak. I'm, all, I'm, I'm prophetic. I'm seeing these things, and I just have to go with it. Do you realize that when the mother eagle, there's a time when mama comes and she goes and gets the prey and, 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 and brings the food back and feeds the babies. But as the eaglets grow their wings and they get ready, They're going to be putting thorns around the nest to make them feel uncomfortable because it's time to fly. And we, the redeemed, the church of God, because we say, we love to say, I am the redeemed, I am redeemed. We sing it, right? And we're comfortable. It's so wonderful to come to church. And I just come and I sit next to her and, oh, this is glory. This is heaven. Heaven come down. And, yes, we've had a visitation. But let me tell you, because he's been feeding you with his faithfulness, his mercy. He's been giving you, giving you, giving you. Now it's time to shake us. Now it's time. To show us. Now it's time to show us what we're made of. You don't realize the glory that's inside of you while you're sitting in church. You don't realize the magnitude of what you have received while you are in here. It's only when you're out there and the need arises that you allow the glory of God to be released. And there is coming a day to the people of God where he is going to put you in a very precarious situation. He's going to put you where the need is. And all he's doing is setting you up to release the greatness of who he is the greatness that he has already placed within you. Do not be alarmed when the emergency calls come in. Do not be alarmed when the people at work begin to talk to you about their problems. Do not be alarmed because he's so good. (laughs) You know what he just told me? He told me he's going to do like in the times when the widow, do you guys remember the, the story of the widow? where the creditors were coming and all she had just a little bit of oil. A little bit of oil. And the prophet told them, go gather vessels. Bring many vessels. And the oil kept multiplying. The anointing That is in you. The anointing that is upon you. Is about to be revealed. Oh if I were you I would be jumping. If I were you I would be leaping for joy. Because God says now you're going to see. What you're made out of. Let me tell you. I see some of you having just a little bit of oil. But God says he's going to multiply it. All he requires of us is to have faith the size of a mustard seed. Do you realize how insignificant that faith is? But in these days to come, God is going to cause his goodness His glory to come upon you where you will be the dispensers of His glory, of His favor, a multiplication just as the pastor spoke about the time when Jesus multiplied the bread and the fishes. The time is coming where the people of God will be the ones that will have the provision. Better get ready come into your homes allow him to have his way with you it's worth it it's worth it it's worth it I'm going to tell you a secret don't tell anyone I get to go to a lot of places I get to go to a lot of churches I'm grateful for that I never take it for granted. It's a great privilege. But I'm going to share with you what I saw today. Perhaps I'm going to start with this. I saw Jesus. High and lifted up. He wasn't up there. He was here with the brethren. He was here with his people. Do you realize that Jesus dwells In the midst of your worship. He's enthroned in your worship. And that is the greatest compliment that any church can have. The greatest compliment is that the spirit of God, the spirit of the living God, Jesus, would be in the church. He was here. I was at a church. I'm not going to tell you where. And what I saw scared me. I saw Jesus way far away on the other side of the doors. And I said, Jesus, what are you doing there? Jesus, come here. You're the guest of honor. (laughs) You would think that he would be invited to come in because they had their programs. They had it all together with the nice suits. I'm so grateful that you guys all look so nice and beautiful. But he was outside. It broke my heart. And he said, they have so many compartments. And they only let me come in in certain places in their lives. He's so far away. He say he said to me, I'm waiting for their invitation to allow me to come in is either he is Lord of all or let me tell you we're wasting our time let me tell you something God is looking for vessels to display himself in all of his glory In all of his power. And we better take him at his word. Gideon was called to destroy Baal. The altars of Baal. And Baal represents the entity for sexual perversion, financial greed, human sacrifice, abortions, Oh, my God, he's speaking about our country, huh? He's speaking about the church. Ouch. But he, he raised up a Gideon, a warrior, to tear down the altar of Baal, And the situation has not changed. Those altars still exist. And I say this with much fear and trembling. It's in the church universal around the world. God is raising up a generation filled with his spirit and his power. People who will not compromise their character or their integrity. But they will be accountable to one another and will say, my life is an open book. You can come check me out any time you want, day and night. What you see is what you get. God is calling us to not compromise. If now more than ever, the fear and the reverence of God Is going to visit us. And only those that welcome it will be able to walk with fear and reverence. I tell you, I'm scared to death. I was in prayer with my friend Debbie, another prophetess. You know, us prophets, that's what we like to do. Like to go hide in the cave and be with the presence of God. In the midst of prayer, the Lord said to me, do not compromise. You will have a chance of compromise. Do not compromise your integrity. Do not compromise your character. Do not compromise the message. You will have a chance to, but don't do it. And the fear of God came upon me. Let me tell you. I'm not saying this to boast. Please don't take it the wrong way. I have been visited with God on the throne. The throne of God has landed in my living room. I've seen the angels. I've had many encounters, many visitations. And just like I say, I said, whoa, it's me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people who have unclean lips the presence of God causes something. It causes humility because then we know who we are and we have the honor of carrying the King of glory within us. So I try to live a life without compromise. And let me tell you, the message Sometimes it's not well received. Because how dare you come and tell us that we need to shape up? How dare you come and tell us that we need to seek God? How dare you come and tell us that there's coming a shaking? Do not compromise. So I live in fear. So I told my friend Debbie, I believe what God is saying to me. It's not just for me. And not just, I didn't, the words did not even finish coming out of my mouth when the Lord said to me, it's not just for you. It's for the church. Because the church is going to have a chance to compromise. The church will have a chance to compromise. But listen, he's giving us the answer before that happens. Don't do it. Don't Do it. If you're going to be, they're going to point the finger at you, so be it. But before the throne of God, we need to live blameless lives. Do you realize that God is setting us up for the greatest revival and the greatest awakening? Do you realize that wherever we go, we carry the very presence of God? He was telling Gideon, Arise, go. Tear the altars down. And God says the same thing about us. That we ought to tear the altars. Could it be the altar of intellect? Could it be the altar of greed? In the church, sister? Yes, in the church. God is interested in raising up a people who will not compromise. Because the world is coming to an awakening. A rude awakening is what I like to call it. And they're going to need to run to someone. Someone who has the answers. Someone who has displayed the character, the integrity, the love, the compassion. They don't know what to call it. They truly don't. They see us. And they know there's something peculiar about us. There's something different. And God says, the revival, the change agents are here. God says that those who will tear down the structure, the bales, are here. It's a great challenge that God is releasing to the church. He is going to make himself known to the outsiders whether we like it or not. He's going to do it with or without us. When Mary was visited by the angel, a highly favored one, and the angel told her that she she was going to give birth, the son of God, And she had a choice. She could have said, I don't think so. The price is too big to pay. I could be stoned to death. Her reply was, be it unto me according to your word. Esther, she was already a queen in the palace. She was already in the palace. She was safe. The word comes. They need, they're coming after your people. And who knows if you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Do not think that because you're already here, it's not going to come to you. Because whether you decide to take the assignment or not, God is going to lift up and bring salvation through any other vessel. She had a chance to say no. But she was written in history. And I am wondering, how many books of history have your name on them? How many situations have your name on them? How many events have your name on them? Are we willing to allow God to be God through us? Are we willing to live a life that will not compromise? Are we willing to give him our time, our devotion? Are we willing to be the sent ones? He had to challenge a system. And let me tell you, we will have to challenge the system just as much as they did. Do you realize the riots that are going on in the city? When I left, I left the day after the, I was going to say the graduation. Because it was a graduation. Riots began to take place. I came into the city. I was in the city for a couple of days. And one night I took a walk. Um, the only night that I could because the other day was raining and I didn't bring an umbrella. So I walked the city, and I walked not to, to, to see the sights. I walked with the mission. I walked Shambhala Mosto Tarabashi, releasing the kingdom of God, releasing shalom and the atmosphere, letting the powers and principalities know that the city belongs to Jesus, that the city belongs to our God, releasing peace, Saying to the spirit of lawlessness, You must go. You're not welcomed in this city. And if I was at home, I would be doing the same thing. God surprised me. As I was walking, I saw a woman with her Bible open. And I looked to make sure it was the Bible, because you know, you could be reading. This woman had the Bible in her hand. And she was speaking it, reading it out loud. And I'm like, glory to God. God's word has been saturated. It's saturating the atmosphere. And as I walked some more, I saw another woman. I called her the prophet. You know, prophets have that wild look on their faces. (laughs) And she had that look. You know, it takes one to know one she had that look and she had the Bible and she had those eyes and she was just declaring the word of God people doing the work of God God is going to call you to do something so radical be grateful but we don't live in the times when you have to take our pants off and, and show everybody are behind some prophets did ouch I don't know if I could have done it. Some prophets had to cook their food on dung. Manure. Not the manure. Manure. What is God going to cause you to do? What is the challenge that God is going to give you and your generation? What is the challenge? Would it be to speak to others, other mothers. Do you know that God is waiting for your mouth to open? Because there is such a call in your life. For the women's ministry. I literally see your mouth releasing words of wisdom. Words of counsel. To single mothers. Single mothers. Single mothers who need so much help. God is going to re- Come over here. Give me your hand. God is going to release you to go and speak his word to mothers who have no help. Because God can be a good husband. He is the best husband. And you're going to bring the news to the single mothers. We must be really ready and willing to receive the challenges. He's going to put us in situations where we're going to have to take the challenge. He told Gideon, go and tear the altar. Gideon did it at night because he feared. He feared what they might say. Go to us. And let me tell you, I include myself in that. Because God is no respecter of persons. Do you realize that before the messenger comes, the message has to go through us. God is asking us to have such communion with Him face to face encounters, face to face encounters. Because it's out of those encounters that we are going to have the greatest revelation. And God tells me that he is going to give you amazing encounters. And you will have much to talk to people about because God has been faithful to you. And just as he has been faithful to you, you are to tell others to put their trust in God. Provision is coming. Provision is coming. Provision is coming. He's a faithful God you're going to see the goodness of God in this land of the living. God is going to cause us to be so raw, to be so real, raw and real. We have been wearing a mask, and it's time to take the mask off. It's time to be who he has called us to be filled with power, unashamed of Holy Spirit, like soldiers ready to release whatever the king says. Do you realize that he's setting us up? He's setting us up because the greatest harvest is about to be revealed. And I believe That the harvesters, the fishermen of men are here. See, I'm seeing you at work. I am seeing how God is going to cause your mouth to open. He's going to cause you to be the the ones who carry the good news at work. You're going to be challenged to challenge the system. That's why he's saying do not compromise. Do you realize that he is setting us up? He's going to give us the opportunity to let him shine. If someone comes to you with a headache, you better be ready to release the kingdom of God. If someone comes to work with their face downcast, you better be ready to have a word of wisdom. To have a word of knowledge for them. Because God is bringing such revelation. Get ready because God is going to surprise you. He is going to surprise you with the words that will come out of your mouth. Get ready because he's going to give you the honor and privilege. You know he can trust you. Of knowing people's hearts. Because he knows he can trust you. The same can be said. For each and every one of us. That we would be so ready. Especially as women, we like to stop at the market. We're constantly going to the market. Do you realize that the people at the store know who you are? Do you realize that the people, you see them time and time again. I have my favorite stores. You know, want to know what my favorite is? There's one called 99 cent store. I'm telling it like it is. I love to go there. The best bargains, I can get all my cleaning solutions for 99 cents. I go there at least once a week. They know me. My favorite grocery store. And what happens? Because they know me. I say, good morning. How are you? Uh, Bless you. And I go on my way. If I have an opportunity to witness, I always give the message. This morning I was in a hurry, and I went really quick. I went in, and I came out because I was ready to go to a meeting, and they have cough drops, 99 cents, the best bargain. So I went in to get my cough drops, and I was in a hurry. There were three people before me and a bunch of people behind me. And you know what happened? I was impatient. I was like, come on, I got to get going. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. And I have to tell you, I was not at my best. But I came to the register. Good morning, sweetie. How are you? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm good. It's an okay day. I said, it's only going to get better. She said, you're always happy. Tell me, what is your secret? And I have to tell you, I turned red. I was embarrassed. Not because of the gospel, but I forgot that they're watching us. I forgot that they see the real me, not the church list, not the prophetess, not the one that has the school of the prophets, not the one that leads intercession, not the one that the real me, and I remember. This past year been the hardest year of my life. My mama passed away last year in October. So the whole year has been filled with a lot of sadness. Some good things have come out of it. God always causes all things to work together for our good. I still miss her. Thank God. I'm happy she's there. I know it's a better place. I'll be there sometime when God says it's my time. But I I realized at that moment that my face didn't always look happy. And it took me a moment to compose myself. I wonder what she saw. Did she see me when I came in here and I had tears in my eyes? Did she see me when I was at my lowest points? Because truth is, we all have lower points. Sometimes we hit rock bottom. And let me tell you, I did, when my mama went home. Two years in advance, God told me he was taking her home. He gave me the privilege of having her with me. Two years, I took care of her. I gave up many, many ministry engagements. I didn't go to to Asia or to Europe. I didn't go anywhere outside the country because I wanted to be with her. But when she left, wow, she left me empty. I was prepared. I thought. So they were watching me through the span of a whole year. And then she said to me, you're always happy. Oh, no, she said, you always have joy. People don't talk about joy. We say happy. She said, you always have joy. Tell me your secret. (gasps) Took me a minute. I'm like, what did she see? I had to think. You know, I wasn't all i I'm conscious that I wasn't always happy, that I probably didn't look the happiest. But she saw something, and she said, you always have joy. What is the secret? The door opened, and it opened wide. And I said, I began by saying this, you know, honey, I know the only source of joy, and that is God. I've gone through a lot, I've had many problems, but I pray. And he always listens. And he always answers. So when trouble comes, I can lay it at his feet and say, God, could you please take care of this for me? And he always does. And that's the confidence that I have. That he is a God that is accessible to all of us. Through Jesus, his son, there was a line. Everybody was listening because I was given the microphone at that time. And she, it's like time stood still. And I had the opportunity to share the gospel with her. And she said, not now because I'm busy and there's a long line. Maybe next time you come. Some so. some water. And some reap the harvest. Let us be always ready to display the glory of Jesus. It took me by surprise because they see hundreds of people coming to the store. But she said, you always have joy. And it took me a while. Wow, what did she see in me? How was my demeanor? Now more than ever. We need to walk very conscientiously at school, at work, at the store. Because God is raising the reformers. God is raising his agents of change. God is raising us up. You're not very happy. He's chosen you to reveal his son, Jesus. On a day not far away from today, I see you bringing people into the church. I see God giving you challenges. And it's up to you to take it. To be the one to tear down the altar of bail in the intellect that says money can buy everything. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Silver and gold have I not. But such as I have, I give thee famous words. And I have the impression that in our church, that in our circle, there are some of us that God is going to use to bring forth a transformation, to bring forth a revival within your places of employment, within your neighborhood, and all you will have to do is extend your hand. Extend your hand. Gideon was given the task, go and challenge the system. Go and tear it down. The greatest fight for the people of That are about to know God. There's only two kinds of people. Those who are Christian. And those who are about to become Christian. Either you're saved. Or you're about to be saved. And I ask. And I pray. That God would so fill us with boldness. Boldness. Boldness is what's required. How did a man who was trembling and with a spirit of fear hiding the weight? How was a man that you see saying, well, Lord, if it's you, would you please allow me to, to, to give you my offering? Yes, let us do that. Let us bring the offering. If this is you, would you show me that you're with me? And then he says, could you please give me another sign? And give me another sign. Three times he challenged God. Have I not told you? Have I not told you? Have I not told you? I believe that the greatest day that the church We'll have, is about to be revealed to us because the revival is going to start out there, out there, out there. Yes, I see you pregnant, people. I see you pregnant with the presence of God. I see you pregnant with the promises of God. I see you pregnant. Pastor said that this is a multicultural multi-ethnical where much is given, much is required. And I have the impression that God has lavished his love upon you. I have the impression that the best teaching Has come from this pulpit. I'm not trying to flatter him. Please don't take me wrong. I'm only telling you what I'm hearing. I have the impression. That the glory of God. Has bathed you. I have the impression man of God. That God has called you. For such a time as this. I have the impression. And I saw. Fresh oil poured from heaven, running over your head. It's a symbol of the new anointing that God is releasing upon you today. And in the days to come, the door of heaven will continue to be open upon you because he has business with you. He has a calling and you will fulfill the desires of God's heart. I decree and declare today that you will apprehend the destiny that God has for you. I release boldness into you. I release boldness into you. I release boldness into you. Boldness into you. Because we need the men of God to arise. We need the warriors of the house. We need the men of God that will make the fire of God come on the altar. We need the man of God, to be the ones that will start the worship of all the altar in the home. We need the fathers in the house. We need the fathers in the home that will not allow the families to go their way, but to say, I'm going to show you a better way. I'm going to show you a better way. Did you know that God has his eye on you? Did you know that he chose you even before you were in your mama's womb? And I see you. I see a lot of young people running to you, running to you, because God is placing a message within your mouth. He's placing a message. Don't judge yourself. For who you are today and what you have today. God says, Seek me. Seek me. Because when you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me, you will find me. Let me see your hand. I release upon you today a love for the scriptures. A love for the scriptures. A love for the scriptures. You're going to love the scriptures like you have never known the scriptures before. You're going to read, and the very words of the Bible are going to become so alive in you because God is going to make sure that he himself feeds you. He's going to give you wisdom and revelation because he says he can trust you with revelation. Run to be trained. Run to be trained. Run to be trained. Allow Pastor Victor to train you, to equip you. God says, I'm building him up. I'm building him up, and he's talking about you. He's going to build you up only to release you. And your latter days will be all so good. So, so good. Don't look back and look at the, don't look at the things that have been left behind. Because I'm here to declare to you today that your better days are yet to come. Your better glory, greater glory, greater glory, greater glory. God is setting you up for encounters, encounters, wisdom, revelation, the very presence of God. Do you realize that when God gives a promise, when God releases A prophecy. It could be directed to one person. But if anybody else is hungry and catches the spirit of God at that moment, God will release. 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 release. And he will release. All he needs is someone to say, be it unto me. Be it unto me. Be it unto me. The days of timidity, the days of fear are behind us. There is coming a new boldness, a new boldness to the body of Christ where we will be filled with the presence of God, where we will not compromise, where we will stretch out our hands and tell them this is what you need. I used to work secularly. And those were the best of times and the worst of times. The best of times? Because I could see the glory of God tangible, manifested to the people who didn't know him. The worst of times? Because I was confined to time and space. I couldn't go very far. But I saw the glory of God. God is causing us, to, he's challenging us to switch the atmosphere of our work. All the glory that Jesus carried is available to us today. If we take it, it's going to be great. And if we don't take it, woe to us. I would trust and release the presence of God, and I would say, Jesus, I consecrate this place to you. This is your sanctuary, and I'm going to work as unto you. I gave it my best because I knew my boss knew who I was. Constantly, during the time of recession, do you remember we went through a recession in 2008? Where there was no money to be had, and people did not, I, w- I worked at a luxury place. I worked for a doctor who treated cancer and facial reconstructions and dental reconstructions. So he had his medical practice, but he also had the reconstructive part that was an optional that insurance would not pay. So anywhere from forty to sixty dollars, people would come in and pay for the treatment for the reconstruction. He would come to me and say, "Liz." I don't know where you're going to get it. But we need $15,000 by the end of the week. And this is Wednesday. And it's Thursday and Friday. He would say, I don't know where you're going to get it, but we need it. And I would say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I have to tell you that I worked there for six years. There was not a time when God did not bring the money. There was not a time. When God didn't show the Jewish man that He was God, He was alive and still performing miracles, because He had someone that would take the challenge. He would say, "Liz, the fifteenth is coming up. We don't have money for payroll. Do what you need to do." And I would go, "Where am I going to get the money? The employees need to be paid. Where the people are not coming now? I'm like God, God a miracle." I decree you're the same God that performed miracles back then and you're still able to today. Surprises, God. And I put the challenge on God. I would create. I'm telling you this just as an example that you would dare to believe God that he can use you. I would worship him. I would work. But when I had a chance, close my eyes and say, God, bless this place. Make yourself known here. Constantly worshiping him as low as I could so not to disrupt. People began coming in, and they would sit in the reception office. Doctor would say, oh, excuse me, we don't see you in the schedule today. Is there something wrong? And they would say, no, there's just so much peace in this place. I just had to come sit down. Listen, it doesn't make sense. You have more things to do than to go sit in an office just because it feels good. I did not have a lot of chance to share the gospel, but when I did, my mouth was open. But the greatest demonstration of the gospel was when I had a chance to shake hands and to look them in the eye and to say it's a pleasure to serve you. A woman, I shook her hand. She began to weep and she began to cry. Uncontrollably. Why? Because there was an exchange. There was an exchange. She said, I felt something I never felt before. This was a very wealthy woman. Very well known in, our, in the community, in the Jewish community. And I said to her, I whispered and I said, Can I tell you a little secret? That's the love of God. That's the love of God. He knows what you have need of, and He's releasing it to you. She became our biggest client, and she began to, rele- to, to refer patients. Of the presence of God in that place. Only a little testimony to tell you God is setting you up. He is setting you up that you would allow Him to use you, that you would allow Him to display His glory. His power. Listen, there is power in you. There is glory in you. Would you lay hands on someone? Would you say, can you please let me pray? Can I pray for you? You'd be surprised. People never say no. They think you're going to pray when you get home. Their surprise is when you pray for them right there and then. I've had, had people say, here now yes here and now because god is interested in you let's pray i was at the st- at the bank not long ago about a month ago i was getting six weeks ago i was getting ready to go to seattle to to preach at a women's conference so i do a lot of women's conferences i feel offended because no one invites me to the men's conferences So I was uh, uh, preparing, and, you know, I went to the bank to withdraw some money. I'm going where the Holy Spirit is leading me. I'm seeing that God is increasing your faith. And he's asking me to release this over you, so that's why I'm not going to these notes. Look, I'm prepared. I studied. But God is asking me to release this over you to build your faith. I went to the I went to the bank. I took money out because you know you gotta you gotta have offering money. I went and I took my money out and I noticed an African American woman outside begging for money. I came back to the car. I put my purse down. I took money out. I always have a track in my car. They say, "Oh, we don't use tracks anymore." I'm old fashioned, old school. They need to have something they can read. After you give them love and give them sugar, they need something they can read. So I got the money, I got the track, and I went to talk to her. And I told her her past, her present, and her future. And I started to say, come home. talking about. She smelled like alcohol. But God didn't care. He saw the gem that she was. Suddenly there's an African American man standing next to her. He looked at me and I thought, another one. And I just went and I told him his past, present, and future. Because God knows all about us. And I said, come home. He got on his knees right there on the street. And he said, I want him. I said, come home. Come home. You know, I have a preacher's voice. I've been in Africa, and they don't give you a microphone up there. You have to just use <laughs> your voice. And the sound of your voice is going to carry you. So I've had a lot of training. <laughs> I don't like Africa, but I go because I'm obedient. I go kicking, but I'm obedient, okay? I like the comforts of Manhattan, to be honest with you. So I began to say, come home, in my preacher's voice. Come home, come home. And I forgot that I was in my little city. And the woman, sobbing, crying, she gets on the floor. And she said, yes, I'm coming. I said, let's make a commitment now. They gave their lives to Jesus. And mad woman that I am, come home, come home, come home. Before I knew it, I had a little crowd, seven people surrounding. And I said, and what is keeping you from coming to know the lover of your soul, Jesus? Five gave their lives to Jesus. Two said they they didn't have time. They had enough time to come watch. But when it was time to give, they didn't have time. It wasn't their time. What I'm saying is be alert. Be alert. Have your spiritual antennas up. Be open because God is going to use you. God is going to use you. There is something that he has deposited within you that needs to come out and needs to be known. Right where you are, right where you are, he is causing you to be stretched. Some of you have been very discontent. But the place where you are right now, and I'm not speaking about this church, just the place in your life, do you realize that discontentment is the first step Towards revival. We have to get so discontented, fed up is the better word, with our lives, with the status quo, so that we can begin to cry out for more, for more, for more. And I believe that the Spirit of God is getting ready to raise up Some Gideons in this house. And I'm not just speaking about men. I'm talking about women that are going to be so filled with the presence and the power of God that wherever they go in the marketplace, they're going to release the glory. And they will be the ones that will do miracles. I saw something. I'm seeing as God's dropping it. I'm telling you, I'm here to report the story. I saw God coming, dropping a bottle. You know bottle of Mm Rabatacin? Dark, like that. I saw bottles being dropped. And I saw teaspoons being dropped. Can you translate that? Mm -hmm. Can you tell me the meaning of that, please, Sister Liz? I said, Lord, what is that? What are you doing? And he said to me, I am releasing a healing anointing. And their lives. I am giving them. What the world needs. It's not just for one. If I were you. I would have grabbed it. And I would have made that bottle mine. I would have said for me Jesus. He's releasing the bottle. I saw bottles. Many dropped. And then I saw teaspoons. He told me. They're going to carry the anointing. And all they'll have to do is. Give them a teaspoon. Give them a teaspoon. Give them a teaspoon of Jesus. It's not our words. It's not our methods. It's the foolishness of the cross. You've been in church long enough, and if this is your first day, let me welcome you, and let me tell you, this is the way it's done. You see one, you do one, and then you drain one. I used to work for a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. And this is what he taught me. I was kind of scared because I had never worked in Beverly Hills before. And he said to me, don't be afraid. They're knocked out anyway. They won't see a thing. <laughs> he said, come here. You're going to observe one. You're going to watch one. Then you're going to do one. In other words, I'm going to assist. I'm going to watch him do a plastic surgery. Then I'm going to assist him to do a plastic surgery. And then I'm going to train the next person to come and do plastic surgery. And I believe that God was speaking to me back then. He was saying, I'm going to teach you how to do it. And then you're going to do it. And then you will train others to do it. Let me tell you, God is shifting the churches. He is shifting the atmosphere. Those that are in the back are going to come forward. And we better, as fathers and mothers, that we are in the house. We better get ready to train them and to release them. God told Gideon, You mighty man of valor. Did he look like a man of valor? If you ask me, I'm going to tell you no. But the prophetic is very much like that. You call forth the treasures out of darkness. I train the people at the church, and they come from other churches too, I'm the prophetic. God always treats us with most kindness and respect. And I have seen the prophetic gift destroy people, hurt people, even divide churches. And let me tell you that God is raising up a generation who have much zeal. The millennials are coming. They had much zeal, but they lacked the knowledge. We, as fathers and mothers in the faith, better be ready to father them and to mother them, to train them in the ways of God. Teach them the right way to do it. Teach them the way. We have thought and we have seen God teach us with love because they're coming. And the seats in this house are not going to be enough for what the Lord is going to bring. They're going to come broken, busted, and disgusted. Don't judge them when they come stench, stinky like alcohol. Don't judge them because they're coming. Don't judge them because they're coming. God is releasing such a baptism of his love upon your church. That you're going to be known as the people who know how to love well. I see God enlarging you. I see God stretching you. It's uncomfortable, but there's a purpose, and the purpose is the kingdom. He's filling you up. He's building you up, just as he said, because he wants to send you out. He wants to send you out. 1.30, is that really the time? You must be hungry. I'm sorry. I get excited. I get excited. He told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I saw you. He showed him he had a plan and a purpose. God told me that he was raising up reformers in this church. Before I came, I asked the Lord. I had my assignment laid out. And I could have gone back home last night. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I don't want to miss you. It would have been more comfortable for me to be home yesterday or even last week. But the Lord clearly highlighted Apostle Vector. This is what he told me. He said to me, I have kingdom builders in that place. I have people that I will use to bring forth an awakening in the streets and in the marketplace. I said, okay, God, if this is you, it's going to go smoothly. And the apostle is going to say, come. I emailed him, and it wasn't but minutes, I think, that he emailed me. He said, let me check the calendar. He made the church available, and I thank you for trusting me. I thank you for allowing me to speak. If you did not get anything out of the message, get this. There is a time, and there is a purpose. For you to fulfill your destiny. Don't tell the Lord. But I'm just the youth. Don't say Lord. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm shy. I release. Boldness. In this place. I am here to release. New found. Boldness. Because as I see it. You're all preachers. For this reason, God gave his only son, love, love, love. You don't need to be eloquent. You do not need to be wise because God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. If it wasn't so, I would not be be here before you but I am seeing kings and queens. Literally, I just saw crowns in your heads. Kings and queens is what he declares that you are. And he is asking you to take a step of faith and believe that he can use you. Because this is a season of reformers. The shift this nation has already taken place and let me tell you that the solution is not going to come from Washington let me tell you the ones that have the answer to our nation it's us the church the ones that are going to bring about a shift in society it's us the church the redeemed of God we have the answers that is what God is saying, don't compromise. Don't compromise because they're watching you. Don't compromise because they're going to come to you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. But let me tell you that as the shaking begins, They're going to look for a safe place to go. And I have to tell you that they're not going to run to the churches as many are saying. Because when there's darkness in you, the last thing you want is light. I was lost. And I was in darkness. Invited so many times to church. And I would be tempted to go. But the pride in me. The darkness in me. Would not allow me to go. They're not going to run to the churches. They're going to run to you. They're going to run to you. They're going to run to you. Because God is setting you up. I see gold coming out of your mouth. Such is the presence of God. That's the presence that God will release out of your mouth. Don't tell me you don't know my need. I'm hearing you. Don't tell me you don't know my need. Because God knows your need. God knows what you need. And he's not going to disappoint you. Someone out there says you don't know my need. God knows your need. He always has enough. There's enough in the kingdom to release here on earth. But he's saying to me, I am releasing reformers in this hour. People that will bring my kingdom here on earth. Some of you have been under his teaching for years. You receive. And some of you have been here for just a few months. I have good news for you. You're all going to be used. You're all going to be used. Listen to me. Crisis. Welcome. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm only giving you a heads up. Don't be scared. Don't get When that happens, it's a setup. Do you see? God is going to set you up with tremendous circumstances because He wants to make Himself known through you. Through you. Through you. The goodness of God is going to flow. The presence of God is going to flow. I just heard somebody say, What about my finances? Guess what? There's no lack in the kingdom. There's no lack in the kingdom. God wants to break the spirit of poverty. I only know one way, and I'm not taking up an offering. It's to give. You want to come out of poverty? Give. Give. And keep on giving. Because there is one who keeps track. Of your bank account in heaven, you give, and it will be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, there are some people in here who don't have a lot, and have their need is greater than what they have. And I'm not taking up an offering. The only offering I want to take is the offering of lives today. That you would give your life fully to the Lord. He's not asking for 10%. He's not asking for 50%. He's asking for your heart. That you would give him your heart. And that you would trust him. To take you from here on out. It's out there where you're going to shine the brightest. It is out there in your neighborhood where the glory of God is going to be seen. And I believe, pastor, that there's going to be great reports that are going to come from the people of God as to how God is using them. As to how God is multiplying. As to how God is revealing himself to them and through them. God is raising up an army of Gideons. People who will not compromise. People who will not compromise in integrity, in character, in anointing. People who will give themselves fully devoted to God. And those people will be used greatly by God right there in your workplace, right there in your homes. Perhaps you were waiting for a message of prosperity, but I have to tell you that this is the greatest prosperity that anyone can have. That we would be releasers of his glory, that we would be releasers of his power. That we would say, such as I have, I give unto you. Some of you are gonna be, God's gonna hit you right up here. God is going to cause you to know just what to say, when to say. Words of knowledge. Words of knowledge are going to come very, uh, they're going to come like everyday thing to you. God is going to give you a revelation of what people are going through. And you're going to have the answer. For some of you, you're going to begin to feel the pain of others. You're going to go, when I walked into this place, I just got this horrible, Becky, what is it? Don't dismiss it and don't rebuke it. Ask God who has the pain. He's gonna show you. Remember the bottles that are being dropped from heaven? One teaspoon. He wants to shine through you. This is the the the, the, the greatest move of God. Where he's using up the army, the people of God, those who are sitting in the pews. They're the ones going out to get the treasure, to get the booty, to get the spoils of war. Are we willing?